Hey, everyone. We hope you're having a spooky, fabulous Wednesday. We are because it's a hump day and we like humping. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hey. And I'm Sabrina. And we're going to tell you your stories, your own stories. Just read them back to you. First, we need to say thank you to our Patreon donors this week. Thank you to our overactive sagers and our oh. ill-gotten booty poppers. Oh, yeah. We would like to say an extra special thank you to our overactive sagers. We have Jess and Hey Hey, Bob, We Had a Baby, It's a Boy, Haunted Friends, the podcast, James, Zira, Jeremy, Dylan, Shaston, Claire, Trista, Stephanie, Darren, Corbin's mom, Heather, Amanda, Samantha, Jerry, Sally, Annie, and Aaron, Dallas, Jalisa, Dana, Heather, Lindsay, Danielle, and Armando. And thank you to our ill-gotten booty poppers. Thank you to Anthony, Ignacio, Aaron, Laura, Bill, Koala, Amanda, Brianna, Sarah, Kim, Rhiannon, Caitlin, Bridget, Marina, Anthony, Liz, Krista, Nani, and Shelby. Thank you so much. We literally could not do this without you. We've said it a million so times. So much. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> okay, let me kick it off by telling you about a little shit named Bobby. That's, oh, that's the title of the email. I was going to say, I was like, are you calling the listener a little shit? No, it's called a little shit named Bobby. I love it. And this is from Andy. Hi, ladies. First, let me state you guys rock. I love your podcast and you both are so hilarious. So the only story I have that directly involves me was sort of angelic slash ghostly. Oh, we like that. The first story involves my dad. He passed away two years ago. He was battling cancer, and in his last few months, he was heavily drugged for constant pain. I guess it was the drugs that was causing him to have these hallucinations, but we didn't ever really take it super seriously, knowing that he was on so many narcotics. One day, my mom and I were seated in our living room with my dad, who was in a hospital bed in the living room, and he started looking past me very intently. He then said, What are you doing here, little shit? <laughs> My mom thought he was talking to me and was like, Tom, that's Andy, your son. He said, I know, but it's the guy behind him I'm talking to. It's Bobby Thomas. <laughs> then he turned back to his hallucination and said, I asked you what you were doing here, little shit. <laughs> Come to find out the guy that he was referring to was a co-worker of his. My dad worked at Disney and he was a character handler and worked with a man named Bobby Thomas, who was also a character handler as well. Oh, he was also a little person, hence the little shit nickname. That's so mean. That's so mean. What was weird is that my dad was not super close to Bobby, but they had worked together a few times enough to know each other. Well, fast forward a few months, my dad passed away. We fly up to St. Louis, Missouri for the funeral. We lived in St. Louis, but we had moved 14 years prior to Orlando. And the first day that we were there, we meet the manager of the funeral home to set up everything. At this point, we still don't know the day of director. The day of the actual wake, we get to the funeral home and we are introduced to the day of director. I shake his hand and immediately see the name tag before he could say his name. 
His name was frickin' Bobby Thomas. No. I was completely stunned. I literally said to this guy, is that your real name? And he said, yes, that is my real name. And it is so surreal and just so stunning. And we hadn't lived in this city for 14 years. And the only people who knew my dad's hallucinations were my mom, myself, and my brother. We think that my dad was intervening to make sure we knew he was still with us. Oh. Again, you guys are awesome. See you on the other side. Stay spoopy, Andy. Um... Well, Andy, I am so sorry you lost your dad to cancer. That's that's horrible. But the fact that the funeral director had the exact same name. Wild. The little shit. (laughs) Little shit. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's so crazy. That's the thing, though, because I feel like when people are in final stages of life and they are on drugs or, you know, on some – cocktail of different things that would cause them to hallucinate you think everything's a hallucination but then there are moments Mm -hmm. like this that maybe because of what they're on they're able to access something greater it's just so yeah it makes you wonder like i i want to know was that person that he was seeing was that person already passed away that his co-worker i don't think so I don't know. Maybe he was just seeing right. that guy I'm because of his about name. How it all went down? Yeah. Was it planting the seed, knowing that in the future he'd be with the day of director at the funeral home? Would be, oh my gosh, so many questions. I don't know. It's just amazing. Right. <laughs> I feel it like it be. has to be. Yeah. I have one from Brittany, and it's called "Horrible Ouija Board Experience." Hey ladies, I just started listening so I'm still way behind, but I wanted to tell you about my Ouija board experience, or should I say experiences. So at the time, I was 18, and it was 2010, and I was living with my best friend and her boyfriend, and we had two of our best friends that lived right next door to us, and so we all got the bright idea of making a homemade Ouija board. One of the ladies that lived next door had experiences with them and begged us not to, but being young, we didn't listen, and I wish that we would have. She refused to be in the apartment if we did have it out. There were four of us and we played the board and got answers and everything seemed to go off without a hitch. And then we started playing every night. Kind of like a party game. The spirits began to get more and more vulgar and violent, calling us names and not wanting us to say goodbye. My best friend and I became addicted to the board and would wait for her boyfriend to go to sleep and we would go play in the bathroom with candles. I remember while in there playing one night, we were sitting on the floor and asked the spirit where it was sitting, and it stated that it was sitting on the toilet, literally inches from Ah! my friend. Also kind of funny, because just imagining a ghost on the toilet. During all of this, our luck started to turn for the worst. We all lost our jobs, our electricity was turned off, and many other things. So now on to the experience that changed my life forever. There were four of us sitting at the small dining room table, which was right next to the kitchen. No electricity, so nothing can explain what happened next. We were speaking with a very mean spirit, and I decided it was time to say goodbye. And as soon as the words left my lips, the cue flew to the word no and just kept repeating it. And suddenly, from inside the kitchen, there comes this deep, loud growl. It started low, and then it grew so loud, we screamed and jumped up and ran out of the apartment and immediately started looking up how to dispose of the board properly. I wish this is how the story ended, but it's not. After we got rid of it, the apartment still had this lingering sense of dread, and no one felt okay anymore. Two days passed, and it still felt this way. We finally decided to go hang out at a friend's house for the night, and when we returned home and opened our apartment door, a shit ton of smoke came rolling out of our apartment. Firefighters came and put out the fire, and once the smoke was gone and we were cleared to enter, 
We found out the fire had apparently started in the bathroom. They stated that there was a candle lit too close to a bottle of hairspray and it blew up. We didn't have any candles in that bathroom that any of us remember, and if we did, it wouldn't have been that close to the hairspray to blow up the bottle. Needless to say, we had a bad couple of years after that, and it just seemed like nothing worked out for a while. Eventually, that feeling of dread disappeared, and we moved on with our lives, but I so believe that it was all so stupid to do any of that. I have so many other experiences, but for now, I thought that was an appropriate one to tell. I'm on episode 12, and I have so much to catch up on, but I'm loving it. Keep doing you, ladies. With love, Brittany. Whoa. All right. Well, if there's a reason to not fuck with the Ouija board, mm-hmm. here we go. For it to like follow for all of that like feeling and luck, bad luck almost to follow for that long. It's, yeah, terrifying. Yeah. And it's like, how do you get rid of it? And that's why you listen to people who have already been there and done it. Like her neighbor was like, I've done this. It's bad. Don't do it. If someone tells you... There's some things are tempting, though, when someone says, don't do this. I know, but I just hope that people listening to our podcast hear all these stories and don't decide, oh, I want to try it for myself. Right. I know that there are good ways to use it and that some of the stories are good, but man, the amount of... Just in context of the stories we have gotten, the amount of them that are horrible in comparison to the amount that go well Mm -hmm. is... there, There are very few that go well. Yeah. So just, you know, take care of yourself. Don't do things that you shouldn't do. And don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Okay, I have a story from CJ, and it's called Hummingbirds, a Happy Ghost Story. Oh, we like that. You you keep picking the good sweet ones. <laughs> I gotta balance you out. I know. Hey, spooky gals. I'm a new listener, so I'm catching up on the episodes, but I have a beautifully spooky story of my own I wanted to share. In my family, when a child is born, they're given a totem animal. My totem is the hummingbird because the day I was born, there was a nest of baby hummingbirds that hatched. I've always looked to hummingbirds as a sign of guidance in my life because of this. When I was young, my sweet aunt passed away from breast cancer. She was such a wonderful woman who truly cared for everyone. She was survived by her husband, my uncle, and my uncle was a larger-than-life man who always was the life of the party. Fast forward to when I was 19 and my uncle passed away somewhat unexpectedly. Instead of a typical funeral, my uncle asked for a celebration of life. Oh, I love that. There was an open bar, music, dancing, food trucks, and even raffles. Oh, my God. I want this. Yeah, Corinne, if I die before you, this is what I want. Okay, same to you. This is what I want. Okay. A celebration which truly embodied his life. Towards the end of – you know what? Actually, this was truly embodying his life. I want for my funeral a murder mystery party. I'm going to do it for my 30th, but I've already planned far, far ahead. (laughs) I have to do a real milestone. Okay. Toward the end of the celebration, some family members have speeches about their favorite memories with my uncle. As my grandfather started to share his favorite memory with his nephew, my uncle, two small hummingbirds started to fly over his head, almost as if they were dancing. I immediately started to cry my eyes out. I had this feeling in my bones that it was my aunt and my uncle celebrating with us and letting us know that they were no longer in pain and they were in a good place. My aunt, my uncle's sister, stopped my grandfather mid-speech to point out the hummingbirds and even said that they have never had hummingbirds in the backyard and that she thought this was a sign as well, making me cry even harder. I always looked to my uncle for guidance as he was such an intelligent man. Fast forward even later to when I was 20. I go to college in the cold part of Arizona. Crazy, right? It can get cold here. I was struggling a lot with my major and was struggling with the decision of changing my major. 
It had snowed during the week, and I took a trip to Sedona to clear my head. I went with my friend to hike and go to my favorite restaurant, and we sat on the patio outside, and it was cold, and the restaurant gave us blankets to put on our laps. All of the trees were completely bare and covered in frost. As I was talking about my educational struggles with my friend, I look out over the porch, and a tiny hummingbird was hovering right next to our table. Again, I just start crying, and my friend, knowing that I'm not a crier, was completely thrown off by the fact that I was bawling my eyes out in the middle of winter, right after a snowstorm, at this hummingbird that was totally out of place. (laughs) In my heart, I knew it was my uncle telling me to take the leap and to change my major and go easy on myself. I thought I would share this later story of mine because I also lived in an extremely haunted dorm that was parallel with a graveyard and graves dating back to the 1700s. Our hall was haunted by a shadow man who was very mischievous. I love your podcast so, so much. Stay spooky ooky, CJ. I love stories of like family just coming back to tell you it's okay. And the fact that they're hummingbirds, which is so beautiful. I know. And like the aunt and uncle together as well. Like the two of them together being like, here we are. We're here for the celebration of life. We're going to be happy and flying around. Mm -hmm. And for the hummingbird to also show up. I feel like it's just you have to know that it is him because when have you ever seen a hummingbird in like the dead of winter in a frosty area? I don't know that I have. Not Not I, I. she said. All right. You want to close us out? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be doing something happy or pleasant. I'm doing a story called Eerie Faces, Thrown Crucifixes, and Random Scratches. Wonderful. Yes. And this is from Cheyenne. And she says, hello, ladies. I'm a new listener, but loving the podcast and have been binging it all day at work for the last few days. So I thought I'd write in to let you know about my experience with what I believe to be a demon. As a teenager, I was really into demonology and dark magic. I played with Ouija boards on a regular basis Well, come to find out that this house we lived in at the time had a fatal fire 30 years prior, so about 40 years ago now. After the first few times of using the Ouija board and nothing happening, my friends and I decided to start trying to dig deeper. Well, this opened some sort of door and something sinister snuck through. It started showing itself to my sister, who at the time was just a toddler. She called it scary and said it had huge black feathered wings with horns, red eyes, yellow fangs like a wolf, and black gray skin. Both of our bedrooms were upstairs along with the half bath. From the time it started showing itself to her, we couldn't use that bathroom anymore. The second you walked in it, it felt like you couldn't breathe from the mass amount of weight sitting on your chest. And then it started spreading into this portion of the attic that was my closet. One night, my sister came into my bedroom, white as can be, shaking, and just in tears because Scary was shaking her bed. I told her to come sleep with me and that I would keep her safe. I'm 12 years older than her, and I was about 15 to 16 at the time. She finally fell asleep after nearly crawling underneath me to hide. I was so mad that I told whatever it was to quit messing with the little girl and to face me because I wasn't scared of it. Well, it took no time to leave her alone and come after me. The next morning, I woke up with a handprint across my chest, but no ordinary handprint. This handprint went from shoulder to shoulder and was welted like it was slapped as hard as humanly possible and red. It was very defined, and you could see the creases at the knuckles imprinted at my skin. Two weeks later, I woke up and felt like my back was on fire. I couldn't stand it. My mom lifted my shirt to see if I had gotten bit by a spider or to see if she could see why it felt like my back was being burned. Well... She watched four scratches pop up on my back so bad that they began to bleed. 
and I don't mean the surface blood that happens when you get a slight scratch. There was blood dripping down my back. Mind you, this is about nine in the morning, so I go get in the shower to get cleaned up because I was supposed to be going out with my boyfriend at that time of day. And now our shower just had a normal plastic line that wasn't totally see-through, but you could see shapes. And I'm washing my hair, and I turn to grab conditioner, and there was this face in the shower curtain. It was something not quite human. It had horns, and it was huge. I just stood (gasps) there unable to scream or run or anything. It's like this thing had a hold on me. I got out of the shower, went and got dressed, shaken and terrified, and just tried to get out of the house. I ran downstairs because my boyfriend was there, so I ran into the kitchen to grab a water, and then we could leave. As I was walking from the kitchen toward the living room, a crucifix with Jesus on it fell from the top of the wall where my mom had a Christmas wreath hanging, but never had a Jesus on it or anything religious, and it broke in half at my feet. Nope, 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 nope. I ran from the house. I refused to stay there. I It took my mom about a month to find a new house and get out. I stayed with friends and family. It wasn't even safe in the middle of the day. I have never had anything else scare me the way that did. But I do feel that it brought out the sensitive in me. I always know if there's something that should or shouldn't be there. Hope you guys enjoy hearing about my experience. It has had a lasting impression on me. And in between the two major experiences, we had lights flickering, doors closing and opening on their own randomly, and a few other small things that happened, but nothing major. I can't even drive by that house now as an adult without going into full-blown panic attacks. I just know that if I look at it, I will see that face in the window staring at me. That, yeah, that is terrifying. Yeah. I love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Cheyenne. Like, honestly, what the hell? What (laughs) is going on? This is so terrifying. It's so scary. To have it be, like, beastly, too. Like, the horns and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrifying. It's, I mean, it's a demon. 100%. 100%. And to know that it knows who you are, like to know that it saw you and you saw it. Yes. And And this is choosing to appear. And the crazy thing is that like, they weren't even using the Ouija board wrong. They were just trying to like, there was a fire in the house and they wanted to figure out what had happened. And they just like started asking questions. And all of a sudden, a scary demon snuck out. Like, you can have the best of intentions and then it... Right. I Ooh. wonder if the demon had something to do with the fire. Oh. Or where bad things happen, negativity is attracted to it. So maybe it was like, this is a nice little home for me. Oh, God, I don't like it. And the <sighs> poor... Her poor sister is like two year, two or three years old and taunted by scary. Scary. I wonder if she remembers anything now. That's a good question. Yeah. I hope not. For her sake. Me, yes. I'm like, oh, poor girl. Well, guys, if you have ghost stories of your own, any sort of encounters, what have you, please email them to us. Our email is two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And come to our live show in New York. It's this weekend, July 14th on Sunday at Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. And mm-hmm. we would love to see you there. We want to get spooky with you. Um, don't worry, we will not bring a Ouija board. Someone messaged us and was like, I'm too nervous to come to your show because I don't want to get haunted. And I was like, "We, you won't. We promise. Yeah, you're not going to get haunted. If anything, people pass their ghosts on to us. Yeah, yeah. We're the ones leaving more haunted. Exactly. <laughs> or Gotham Comedy Club is becoming more haunted. Not you guys. Or the theater. Yeah, the theater itself. <laughs> so come, uh, join us. We have a variety of ways to support us. One is to rate and review on iTunes. Another is to join our patreon another is to 
word of mouth, tell everybody. And then also we do have social media, so you can always follow us there. And then you and we will see you see you on the, on the other, other side. side. Very spooky.